Hello, my name is Jackson McMurray. And I'm Adeline McMurray. And this is No Nerds Allowed. And there are no nerds allowed. Do you want to try it again? There was no joke in that. Well, that's, that's the joke, is that we do it for once. God. <laughs> once in our goddamn lives. We could do it again, and you could do a joke this time instead of me doing a joke every time. Whatever. Hi, I'm Sorry Jackson McMurray. I'm... St- what? Why are you starting in the <laughs> middle of my sentence? My name's Adeline McMurray. Whatever. We're moving on. And that's Jackson, and this he's not funny anymore, apparently. Um, okay. So, have you seen... This is hot off the presses, as of okay. when we're recording this. Have you seen the leaked Star Wars poster? No. So... Apparently, based on like literally thirty seconds of research, it's legit, and there are like sources for it. Okay. I'm gonna send you um, a picture of it real quick because it's overall not especially interesting, mm-hmm. except for one critical element. I swear to God, if Jar Jar Binks is in it. No, it's not Jar Jar Binks. Okay. Um, God damn it. Jackson in the future. Edit most of this out while I'm looking for a good resolution picture of it. It looks cool. Yeah, take a quick look at C-3PO. What? What's wrong with him? He's got a crossbow. <laughs> oh, you're right, he does. <laughs> I'm just... This is everything that C-3PO has been building to all these long, long years. That's so good. C-3PO's gonna start kicking ass. (laughs) Give C-3PO a big gun for once. I'm so excited about it. Oh my god. What is the thing next to Finn? What... Who... What is that? Yeah, I don't know. He's a guy. I don't care about that. I kinda hate him. He looks like Torture Binks. I hate him. He's a goofy alien. Um... Also, Kylo <laughs> ran into Kylo's squad off to the left. Yeah. I, <laughs> Who are I these assholes? Those are like the Knights of Ren. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the other been, students that left with them, yeah. Yeah. They've Plot, been alluding whatever. to for like two movies straight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've said this before. Uh, you and I guess you and I are not on exactly the same page about Last Jedi, but I'm a big Last Jedi proponent. I'm I'm super down with Last Jedi. No, I love The Last Jedi. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember if it was you or somebody else who was like, "Eh," but whatever. So, okay, then yes, you and I both are big Last Jedi people. I can still hear you. Hold on. Emergency. What the fuck just happened? (laughs) I can still hear you. I can still hear you, too. I definitely just accidentally closed our Discord, though. Okay, we're good. Everything's fine. Okay, alright, fine. So you and I are very big uh, Last Jedi proponents. We're both big into Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, I really hope that, you know, since these three movies are J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams, and they've confirmed that Ryan Johnson is going to get his own trilogy later down the road. What? Um, and I really hope I really hope they let J.J. Abrams do the middle one of those so he could just come in and, like, fuck everything up that Ryan Johnson was clearly <laughs> trying to do like Ryan Johnson did with J.J. Abrams. I think that would be hysterical. Very good. <laughs> Are we going to keep making Star Wars movies? 
Yeah, that's kind of the plan. I mean, they're gonna, they decided they're gonna stop doing those Star Wars stories, quote unquote. Okay. Because, because Solo did so badly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it didn't really do that badly, but it did very badly by Star Wars standards. Yeah. Uh, they kind of panicked and they were like, uh, you know that Boba Fett movie that we had from the creator of Logan? Uh, it's, it's we're not gonna do it anymore. And that's I was like, fine oh, no. because no one wanted it. <laughs> No, I don't know. I was pretty excited about it. James oh, you Mangold. Want that? James Mangold does good work. Um, I'm so tired of Boba Fett. Boba Fett is the most overblown character no, in all of history. That's absolutely true. And um, every time they try to make him in any way have any depth, it's just stupid. Like, oh, his father, who uh, looks exactly like him, uh, died right. that one time. And we were um, all like, okay, <laughs> thanks to the prequels. Yeah, but um, apparently they are still moving forward with um, a couple of live-action television shows on Disney+. Plus. Okay. And um, Ryan Johnson's trilogy that will come after, you know, this one wraps up, obviously. But... Um, as far as I can tell, I it's want... not going to be, like, immediate. They're not, like, going straight into production on the next trilogy. There's yeah. probably going to be a few years where they let it rest for a second, which I think is what needs to happen with Star Wars. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, so we have the originals, which are great, and then we have the prequels that are... But, <laughs> but then we have these new ones that's kind of just, like, adding on to the story, like, what happens after the evil is defeated, kind of, in the original Star Wars. And they're like, right. well, there's still a lot of things going on, and I think that's cool. But after they kind of get rid of that evil again, you're just going to be like... Hey, they're back again. Yeah. The well, I don't know. Don't again. you think it's kind of time for them to move on from the Skywalkers and just do something totally different? Well, yeah, but that's what all the extended universe stuff that people don't give a shit about is for. No, people give a shit about that. People that's do the give old a Republic. shit. Regular yeah. people don't give a shit about that. <laughs> it's just because it's not as easily accessible. Very, very, the, very uh, true. Uh, I think... Uh, there's a rumor going around that one of the movies they have planned is going to be set in the Old Republic, which I think would be radical. I would love to see that. That's true. Um, that would be cool. Yeah, there the, is a whole uh, lot of stuff that they talk about in the Star Wars movies that we don't ever get to see because it took yeah. place a long time in the past. I guess I would be down for something set in the past. Right. I guess no, I just and what don't they're think... saying... Sorry, go ahead. I just don't want... I don't know. It's like if if we bring if we're just keep going into the future, I feel like we're just bringing up conflict for the sake of making more movies, you know? <laughs> right. No, um, and they've said pretty explicitly that Ryan Johnson's trilogy isn't gonna be episode ten, eleven, twelve. It's gonna be like a separate story with separate characters. Okay. Yeah. Um, or if they do use some of the same characters, it'll be like in a tangential sort of way. Yeah. Um. It's not. It's not going to be like they're very. They've been very clear, which is weird because they're not usually very clear about very much. But they've been very clear that uh, like episode nine is like the last of the like numbered Star Wars saga. It's okay, like we're finally going to like wrap up the bow on this and we're going to just move on to the next thing. Okay, I'm down for that. I do. I do think that the new trilogy was something that we needed because the the OG Star Wars was just kind of like. We defeated Darth Vader! We win! Yay! But then I think that the new trilogy does kind of get into, like, the politics of that, that there's going to be right. new evil. I love... We talked about this with, like, The Last Jedi, as that's really cool how it brings up, like, that kind of neutrality and, like, the good versus evil when a less 
black and white way that the original yeah. movies did. So I think it, it was very needed and did some very cool things. That being said, I don't think I want another trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah, so you know what I think Ryan Johnson should do? What? Uh, I think he should just make episodes one, two, three again, <laughs> and just not and just not say anything about it. That would be so just... good if they just like remade the pequ- prequels just like silently, as if the prequels had never yeah. been made before. <laughs> and like have absolutely like do not acknowledge the fact that the prequels already exist. Yeah, no, at all. Don't <laughs> just like <laughs> the word remake never comes out of anyone's mouth ever. <laughs> You've been waiting for it for years. The story you of Anakin. Why... Why we randomly decided to start it with episode four, now you'll know. Now you'll know. <laughs> Finally, it makes we've sense. Been teasing, we've been teasing in episode one, two, three ever since Empire Strikes Back came out. <laughs> <laughs> At what point did they assign episode four, five, six to the original movies? Probably. It wasn't until episode one came out, wasn't it? I mean, I would assume so. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't um, born. Or I guess if I was born, I was, like, two. Like, I'm just trying to think, did they start calling it 456 when episode one came out, or did that numbering not come about until after that full trilogy had been... I don't know. ...completed? I don't have a goof for you. I don't know. Fine, whatever. Why don't you yes and me sometimes? <laughs> yes, they did! And? You have to supply the and. No, you supply the and, because I don't know what we're talking about. No, yes and means that you agree and then you build on it. Yes and, shut up. Moving okay, on. Fair <laughs> um, so, we need uh, to bring back openly hostile improv. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, what movie did we watch today, Adeline? Well, we watched Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, because... Or... Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. It is sometimes called that in other countries. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Jackson. You're welcome. Why do you gotta these do this to me right now? You're being so hostile. This is such a, a hostile work environment for <laughs> this me. This has been Fun Facts with Jackson. <laughs> Did you know? Say it again. <laughs> I'm not going. Move on. I'm gonna kill you. You are embarrassing me in front of everybody. Yeah, I'm just gaslighting you. Uh, we watched <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because uh, Harry Potter has gotten back into the media, into pop culture a lot recently because of like the new book and the uh, crazy monsters and how to kill them. And, uh, <laughs> and J.K. Rowling just doing whatever the fuck she wants on Twitter. Right. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah, so we decided that we would go back and watch the first Harry Potter movie just because I... Just because it's a, it's a weird movie. Yeah. It's got some <clears throat> problems. <laughs> and we agreed that we wanted to have sort of a series of movies that we could work our way through on this podcast because we haven't really done that before, unless you count Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a good, there's ten Harry Potter movies total now. So we can just, you know, and by the time we get to the end, because these podcasts only come out once a week and we won't be doing it every week. So by the time we get to the end, maybe there will be one more. Who's to say? Oh, God, don't say that. Don't put that uh, in the no. world. <laughs> there are going to be five. The plan is five Fantastic Beast movies. Oh, that's right. Why? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, we'll see. Did how the that second goes. one do any good? No, the second one bombed real hard. Yeah, why are they still? 
Why are they still doing it? I mean, they're not just going to stop. I think there's a, I think there's a scenario where they'll restructure and be like, okay, maybe we'll only do three and we'll wrap everything up in the next one. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not like they're just going to stop everything and be like, nope, it's done. Like that would never, that would never happen. Well, see, the thing about, okay, we're going to start talking about Harry Potter for a second and talk about Fantastic Beats, Beats (laughs) for just like a second. I watched the first one. And, like, if they didn't do that whole weird subplot with the abused kids, they wouldn't have needed a sequel. Like, I feel like you could have just had the first one, had a fun romp with British dude and his muggle friend, which was very fun. It was very enjoyable. Yeah. And then just be done, and then we would be done, and it would be fine. Right. But no. No, I mean, I've said this before, but, like, I think Fantastic Beasts as an idea, like... I'm totally fine with, like, five new Harry Potter movies telling the story of Grindelwald. That, yeah. as an idea, is, like, cool, I'm fine with that. But then why do we need um, all the monster right. stuff? Yeah, and the fact that they've made the protagonist this this character who feels like they were just created for a one-off story, and then, like, carrying them through five movies, I guess, with them still, like, being the lead, yeah. just feels like... It wasn't planned ahead very well. And kind of like talking about the entirety how Dumbledore of the Harry Potter and franchise. Grindelwald had hot, steamy sex, according to. No, they don't. That's the whole thing. No, according no, J.K. Rowling says that they do. No, yeah, well, exactly, because <laughs> that's like very clear subtext in the in the Harry Potter books. Yeah, because like, Dumbledore's almost, gay. Didn't you know it's that? Like, yeah, it's like really almost explicitly said in the original books. But in Crimes of Grindelwald, they literally, they totally, totally, totally ignore it. Yep. There's absolutely nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Because they're cowards. Let Dumbledore be gay <laughs> for like actually yeah. in real life. Let him actually be a gay person. Well, I think it's not necessarily so much about that. I think that the whole idea of like Dumbledore having an affair with this like super criminal is, like, too nuanced of an idea for them to feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, but that was, like, the whole thing in the original books is that they were, like, best friends or whatever the heck. It's been so long since I've read the Harry Potter books. And they pretty much, I mean, they pretty much gloss over it in the last two Harry Potter movies, too. I mean, also, yeah. Uh, So, I don't know. Maybe they'll just continue to gloss over it forever. Yeah, even in the Harry Potter books, when they start to talk about, like, Dumbledore's morality after he dies and, like, figuring out if he was actually a good person, and they still don't bring up his friendship with Grindelwald... No, I mean, they do in the books. Yeah. They, I mean, I guess not necessarily in that specific scene. Yeah. But, like, yeah, in the movies, there's, like, almost no mention of the fact that they had a relationship, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It has been a while since I've seen those movies. Me too. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. We can't keep talking yeah, about Fantastic Yeah, we have to talk about the first one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or the Sorcerer's Stone, that was a a name change that happened in the book as well. Oh yeah. Um it was called Philosopher's Stone in the UK and then in America they called it the Sorcerer's Stone for reasons that I don't understand. Yeah, cuz like the Philosopher's um, Stone is like a real thing that existed in like right. lore. Real world and lore. And it's weird because like usually stuff like that when they censor stuff in America it's because it's like too overtly religious or like has some smack of racism to it or something that like <laughs> a American smack audiences. Of racism. <laughs> yeah. It's like you smell that? It smells a little bit like a little bit of racism. Um and Not so they're like, racism? let's change it for America. Yeah. <laughs> um but like Philosopher's Stone like doesn't really have any of those hallmarks of like traditional censorship. No. So like I don't know why they felt like they needed to change it. Well, I know when when they changed chi- ti- whoa. I know when they changed titles from like Japanese things 
sometimes they change the names just because the Japanese titles are like cultural references that Americans just aren't right. gonna get. But like, right. when you're if from England, <laughs> right. we speak and like, the same language you... and all these things, and we understand what the Philosopher's Stone is because that's like a thing that exists in fairy tales. I just have no idea when right. they changed it. And, like, even if you were to assume that, like, American audiences don't know what the Philosopher's Stone is, like, they're not familiar with that piece of folklore. Yeah. Like, changing it to something that's just made up isn't going to make it any better. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> because then when someone Googles it, all they're going to get is the title of your dumb book. Right, yeah. So, um, anyway, we, let, let's get into the movie. Do you want to take over recap uh, duty, since you're the one who picked this movie specifically, or do you want it to just be me all the I time? I mean, sure. I wish you would have told me that when I was watching the movie, but... No, it's okay. I'll, I'll just do okay. it Okay, I can so... do it in the future. I just didn't know. I just didn't. You didn't. <laughs> okay. We didn't. I mean, I haven't, like, taken any explicit notes. I just... I watched it yesterday so I can remember pretty well I mean, yeah. what happens. Um, wait, so, so wait, hold on real quick. Did what? How did you watch this movie? Did you watch it on the DVD? Um, I rented a DVD from my school library. Okay, so we probably maybe had the same copy. So I watched. No, mine was widescreen. You had the full screen yeah, copy, which is terrible because I have the Harry Potter one that our family has just had from 2000 whatever, and it's right. the worst thing on the planet. Did you have the menu <laughs> screen that just has that owl in the sky that doesn't oh, move yes. at uh-huh. all? <laughs> yeah. While the sky around it moves, just the worst. <laughs> Um, so this movie opens with uh, Albus Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall um, chilling on this street corner at night. Yep. And Dumbledore pulls out a weird little lighter and starts sucking all the uh, like sucking all the street lights out of the lights and like I don't know I don't know how to describe it <laughs> like all the light comes out of the street lights and goes into his weird lighter and goes away so it's all dark now. Yes. And the score like they they just really make a fucking meal out of this. Yes, scene. they do. Because the, the, he pulls out this weird little machine and the score is like, like they just like spend forever like trying to really sell you on how fantastical this wonderful world is when they haven't shown you like anything. It was yet. the first Harry Potter movie. They had no idea how to establish magic in their world. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, look, obviously it's not a hot take to say that John Williams is, like, the greatest composer in the history of the world, but, like, this score, I don't think, is really his best work. No, it's just super heavy-handed. Yeah, no, it's super, it's super cheesy. And, like, obviously the Harry Potter theme is iconic, and it sticks in the head. But to me, I, I don't know, I still think it's a little bit grating. Um... It just kind of repeats that same... (laughs) It's like, okay, we get... We're good, we get it, we're in Hogwarts, it's okay. Um, so the... Uh, so eventually Hagrid, on his flying motorcycle, flies out of the air. carrying a newborn baby. Yeah, uh uh-huh, and while, uh... Professor McGonagall and Albus Dumbledore are like, do you really think Hagrid can do it? It's like, no, this is the most important thing in the world. And you're like, oh, no, what's going on? Because you you're a newborn babe, and you don't know anything yeah. about Harry Potter. You don't know what to expect. And um, the movie's sure <laughs> not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. No, Um. and so then Hagrid, like, touches down, and he's like, hey, check out this baby. I saved him. Um, <laughs> check out this baby that I have. I found yeah. it. So then they... All three of them drop him off at uh, the house of a 
or at the front, I should say, the front doorstep of this the house. The stoop. Uh, the the stoop. Yes. The, thank you. Very well yes. put. Yes. They stoop down and put him <laughs> on the stoop <laughs> of oh, a doorway. That's why they call it that. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I'm taking a really long time to yes, describe this scene. Uh, meat and potatoes of it is They're that dropping uh, on Harry, Harry Potter, Potter gets dropped off at the house. Dursleys. Yeah. Um, so uh, the next thing, so we cut right to Harry living this like comically horrible yeah, life. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Several things. <laughs> Yeah. I, when I was doing my notes, I would jump in between like criticizing the movie and just kind of criticizing the original story, which is right, a very yeah. common thing to do nowadays. But like, I feel like it still kind of deserves it a little bit, especially because J.K. Right. Rowling is going back and trying to fix everything after everything is already <laughs> done. But like, first of all, right off the bat, I really like the original uh, Dumbledore actor. I think he's got like a really good balance yeah. of like that kind of kooky old man and wise wizard kind of vibe. Like he really balances it really well. <laughs> right. But like, okay, I totally understand not raising Harry Potter in the wizarding world because he was he's like the savior of the wizards, so he's gonna have a really weird childhood. Like I get the logic behind that. I understand it. Right. But why is the only other option besides that to live right. with his aunt and uncle that you know are abusive? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like this first book in the series has like a exponentially more whimsical and like fantastical fairy tale tone than the rest of the Absolutely. series. And it like for some reason cuz like this first one is just like you know, it doesn't have to, like, logically make sense because it's, like, almost a goofy thing, yeah. like a fairy tale. And, like, and they sent him to live with his horrible aunt and uncle who just t- hit him all the time. And, <laughs> and it's he lives like... under the stairs and he has to make his <laughs> yeah, family exactly. breakfast. Yeah. And his little brother is so, like, comically spoiled that he's like, I want more presents than I had last year. Like, all the emotion uh, <laughs> in the scene is just so lost because it's so comical. It's like yeah. when you... Like, when you say the words, he's living under the stairs, you're like, oh, so that's, like, bad. But then when he's, like, crammed in there and he's got his bed and his three toys and his cousin is jumping up and down on his ceiling, it's like, okay. Yeah. This isn't what abuse looks like in real life. Yeah. Well, and it's just, like, because as the series went on, it, like, it totally changed. Absolutely. In the books specifically, like, it became a lot more grounded and a lot more, like, based in a sort of reality well, like yeah. not that i'm saying it's not whimsical but it's less whimsical than the well first i mean book step was. one is that they move harry out of the stairs and into a real bedroom because <laughs> right well, yeah but <laughs> as soon as you put harry potter in like a real living situation with the dursleys that's when the abuse gets like real and scary but when you just like right when you just put him under the stairs it's like ha 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 funny right and the um I love little Daniel Radcliffe in this movie while he's living with the Dursleys because he's just so pitiful and it cracks me up. (laughs) Like that scene where he comes out in the front room and they're just like, Harry, make breakfast! And he like walks over there silently and just starts like kind of making breakfast with these tools that are like giant and too big for him. He's just like moving bacon around. It's... (laughs) 
<laughs> he's like just has this like blank sad expression is just like trundling around doing chores it's so funny to me <laughs> all the kids well one of the first things i've written down here is that all these kids are just the worst actors especially at the beginning yeah. But I was actually noticing, like, as you get to the end of the movie, I feel like they actually kind of, like, figure out what they're doing and how to act. And then by the end of the movie, they're, like, actually right. acting. But at the beginning, yeah. it's just pitiful Daniel Radcliffe walking around <laughs> yeah. and looking into camera going, wow, doesn't my life suck? Right. So uh, Harry is living with his horrible, horrible family um, until finally he starts getting these letters in the mail that mean Uncle Vernon won't let him open Uh. and he doesn't know what's in him which i want to say something about this particular gag because this is a really cool bit if you don't know what's happening and it's kind of a bummer that it's sort of lost that everybody on the fucking planet knows what's happening well Um, i feel like this is just like the crux of how stupid magic is in the harry potter universe because, right. Well, especially in this first. Well, yeah, story. because they have you have magic, which is just limitless power, and what you do with it is that you send a million letters to Harry Potter instead of I don't know, right. just sending maybe like one that couldn't be destroyed because you have magic. Right. Or okay, I feel like if we're gonna do a whole podcast on this movie, we need to like have a little moment that we set aside right now. To just like be like, hey, magic doesn't make any well, sense. Well, I want to at least establish the that time. the magic in this movie doesn't make any right. goddamn sense. No, yeah, like why do they even have locks in Hogwarts? Yeah, first year students know a spell that knows how to how open locks. How the fuck like, does why? anyone go anywhere inside of Hogwarts? And why are all the teachers mad when you're late in this magic building yeah, that exactly. changes? <laughs> yeah, precisely. Why are all of the teachers so bad at yes. teaching? Also, like all of these things are like things that everybody kind of knows and is like super glaring when you watch this movie. And I feel like <laughs> we're right to be upset about it, but it's, I feel like it's just played out and we can. Get we're it not going to right beat the, the dead beginning. horse, but we're going to show you the dead horse and then walk away. <laughs> uh, yeah. Going back um, just a little bit when they go when they before the letters, when they go to the zoo and with the whole thing with the snake where Harry. Oh, right, Harry accidentally first, yeah. uses magic and. What's his name? Dervils? Dudley. Dervils, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his cousin, gets like locked in the it's snake Dudley. pen, and it's like, oh no, and they get home, and Harry's in trouble for magic. But, was okay, remind me, was it retconned that that snake was Nagini, or was that just a fan theory? Um, I have absolutely no memory of that okay. being a thing. I don't think that snake was supposed to be. Well, Nagini. I hope it's it wasn't to be a setup because that... it's very deliberately said that this was a snake that was bred in the zoo. But right. Um. No, and yeah, the this is like one of the few examples of uh, what seems like actually J.K. Rowling planning ahead in any capacity yeah. in Harry Potter is like having that snake set up that doesn't pay off in this first story, but does in the oh, second yeah. one. When he learns that he can talk to snakes, I think that's cool. Well, I think it's because um, unless you look at it like it's just goofy because there's magic and the snake talks to him, which maybe which is probably been. what it was. Well, because I think the whole thing with right. J.K. Rowling is that she wanted to be an author for so long and none of her stories got published until she wrote Harry Potter, which was like her million dollar idea, and then she got to publish this whole series. So I lit- I genuinely believe that with this first book that she was not planning on writing any kind of series. 
I think she was just like, right. I have this story about a wizarding boy. I'm going to write a little story about it, and then we'll see if it's popular. And then it was insanely popular. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, now I'll build a universe in the rest of the story. So Yeah, this is my whole idea. Well, yeah, now. no, but like from the second book onward, there are themes that continue through, and there is a building plot. But with this first one, it's just right. not there at all. Yeah, and the um, one of the things that I really like in this movie, this is sort of jumping mm-hmm. around, but like my like genuine praise for like the first few Harry Potter books and movies are pretty limited, but the one thing that I really think works super well is the way that she likes to draw the parallels between Harry and Voldemort. Oh yeah, like this idea that like Harry would have been good in Slytherin and that his wand is the same phoenix feather as Voldemort's and all this stuff, I think is super interesting and works mm-hmm. super well and pays off in a lot of different ways throughout the series, even if they're excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, we gotta, we gotta stick with the, <laughs> we gotta stick I with know. the story here. Um, the letters. Okay. What I was saying earlier, this is from a minute ago, but, um, the idea that like you just start getting all these mysterious letters yeah. in the mail and your uncle won't let you read any of them and you have no idea what it is or what's going yeah. on, I think is a super fun and super interesting thing. And it's kind of a bummer that everybody just knows it's the Hogwarts yeah. letter. What makes me laugh so much about that scene is that watching it just to really, when all the like the thousands of letters are like pouring in through all areas that can't get into the house, which is a really cool scene. Right. Except the camera throughout that entire scene is just shaking so hard just to make sure <laughs> yeah. you know that something cool is happening. <laughs> like literally every shot is right. just a guy like shaking it left to right going like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> Um, so then, uh, after he's been getting letters for a while, Uncle Vernon gets super frustrated, and he's like, you know what's going to happen? We're just going to go to an island and hang out on an island for a little while until it all blows over. Um, at which point, they they go to this stormy little barren rock in the middle of the ocean, I guess. I don't know why they have access yeah, to I this don't, cabin. It happens in the book. Important. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a, a horrible storm outside, and it's midnight on Harry's birthday. Um. And then we reach peak pitiful Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> where his little watch alarm goes off at Happy midnight. Birthday, and he Harry. draws a little cake for himself. Yeah, he draws a little cake for himself in the dirt. And he says, Happy birthday, Harry. <laughs> and he blows out the candles. And then Hagrid busts the fuck in. <laughs> yeah, that sequence is so funny to me. I can't explain why, but like... Just Daniel Radcliffe being so little and sad is hilarious. <laughs> so, and I also just want to point out that the actor who plays Uncle Vernon is mostly a stage actor. That uh, makes a lot of sense, yeah. From his performances, yeah. Because he's, like, really playing to the back yeah. row with this role. Of the theater. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um... And one of the things about this movie is that it's kind of unclear whether or not Muggle is a slur or not, and they don't really... That would have been... I don't know, like, there's some... An interesting thing to establish that they don't. (laughs) Right. Well, and, like, it's just because the first time you hear it, it's when Hagrid busts in and he's like... Oh, don't point that at me, you bloody great muggle. Yeah. And it, like, totally feels like a slur. And you're like, But then oh, they dang. just, like, call but them that for the, the rest word. of the movie, so I hope not. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's sort of the equivalent of Jewish people using, like, um, fuck, what's the word that Jewish people use for people I know who are Jewish? You're, I know what you're talking about, I don't remember either. Yeah, god damn it, what's the word? Um, not Gentile, no, I think it is but, Gentile. Um, or is that Jewish people? 
No, no, Gentile is the same thing, but there's a different word I'm thinking of. Fuck. My point is, is that it's an example of a word that's not a slur, but it sometimes gets used kind of like one, and you're like, when does this actually become a slur? What is? What are the rules? Yeah. Whatever. Well, but anyway, then I guess they don't do that I'm gonna in this think movie. Of, I'm gonna think of the word in about ten minutes, and we'll come back to it. Yeah, I guess they don't do that in this movie, but in the other movies, they really hammer in how mudblood is the slur, with. Which is kind right, of related yeah, yeah. to a slur against muggles, because the whole reason of why it's so bad is because it's because neither of your parents are wizards. So I feel like there right. should be a slur for non-magic users if you're going to establish right, that yeah. kind of bias. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, Hagrid bursts in and he says, "Harry, you're a wizard." He says, "I'm a what?" Harry. He says, "Harry." Did you know that you are a wizard? This is his iconic line from this film. He says, Harry, I have a fun fact to share with you. You <laughs> Did are you a wizard. Did you know? But that's um, just a theory. And Harry says, and Harry says I'm a what? And <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, what happens then? Does he just like pick him up and take him to no, Diagon Alley immediately? No, then the aunt and uncle are like, he's not going to wizard school. And Aunt Petunia's all like, my sister right. was a that means you're a bitch! And that's the whole scene. <laughs> and and then Uncle Vernon tries to shoot Hagrid in the head Yeah, and Hagrid bends up. the barrel of the gun so it shoots through the ceiling. Um, uh, yeah. And Uncle Vernon pulled yes. the trigger. Let's be clear. He fired with intent to kill. Dervils grows a tail. Um, yes. Um, a weird thing that happens in that scene is that Uncle Vernon... Well, first of all... Harry opens the letter, and it says, you've been accepted into Hogwarts School of whatever and whatever. Did Usually, do this is kind of nitpicking, this is a little bit cinema sensey, but it like genuinely took me out of the moment, especially because of the thing that Vernon says later. It's like, do kids have to take a test to get into Hogwarts, or are they just like, you're, right, yeah. you're 11, it's wizard time? I don't remember applying. Yeah, no, really, though. But then <laughs> then Uncle Vernon goes, I won't pay money for him to go learning magic skills. Do people have to pay to go to Hogwarts? Oh, yeah. Is there a cost associated? Yeah. I didn't notice that line. No, it totally took me out of the moment, to put in especially the movie. going into college myself. I was like, wait, are they paying to go to Hogwarts? Are there, like, scholarships right. and stuff? Is Harry just getting, like, a free ride? Like, what? Right. I mean, I guess, I mean, look, there's a lot of reasons that you could, like, suss out for yourself why that would make sense. Like, Harry has a whole lot of money. Yeah. Or maybe just because he's Harry Potter, they don't worry about it. Or, you know, maybe he was, like, sort of automatically enrolled because he's fucking Harry Potter yeah. and everybody knows who he well, is. Well, because that's, like, the um, internet meme. They're like, oh, man, I was so disappointed when I turned 11 and I didn't get my letter to Hogwarts. <laughs> it's like, well, you didn't right. take a test, idiot, so you're not getting accepted <laughs> into Hogwarts. Um, okay, so he, uh, they take him, okay, so, sorry, I'm gonna collect myself a little bit. Um, Hagrid takes Harry, and they go to the wonderful wizard shopping district called Diagon Alley, where he shops for school supplies for about 40 minutes, and it goes on forever. Well, after um, <laughs> walking around in Muggle World, and just absolutely shouting about cauldrons and wizard stuff. <laughs> Just at the top um, of his little pitiful voice. I need a cauldron, <laughs> Hagrid! What is that? So, uh, there are a handful of sequences, one of which uh, they meet Professor Quirrell in a in a weird bar that they go through. Yeah. Um, can I bring up Professor Quirrell really quick? Because, I don't know, he seems like kind of a racist character to me. I think he is a racist. 
<laughs> because, I mean, obviously he's a white guy in this movie, but they never specify that in the book as far as I can tell. That's true, and he does and wear he a turban. Yeah, it's like, hey, there's a professor who's just a dude in a turban who's hiding a secret unspeakable evil is like... <laughs> There is that scene. Like, just living among us in plain sight. There is that scene in a very Potter musical where they introduce Coral and Draco immediately yells, Go home, terrorist! <laughs> right, so there yeah. might be something to that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, obviously, I think them casting a white guy as Coral was them, like, sort of leaning away yeah, from Yeah, that, that fixes it. That makes it okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, because yeah, honestly, I kind of like him being a white guy in a turban because first of all, that's so weird. It like immediately sets you up that something's off. <laughs> yeah, like, why is this guy wearing a turban? <laughs> yeah, like the turban becomes suspicious when it's a white guy wearing it. You're like, what is that? What are you hiding? <laughs> why do you get to wear that, Mr. Wizard? <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, maybe that was racist in the book, but they fixed it in the movie, 100%, no problems. Um, the, uh, <laughs> so they, this is where we sort of get introduced to the real wizarding world, and we start to highlight, you know, like, the, the aesthetic of the wizarding world and the production design that goes into yeah. it, which is the movie's biggest selling point. Like, everything that they show you in Diagon Alley is so, like, methodically produced oh, yeah. and so, like detail oriented it's like totally and fully immersive in this like world they've created that shot you know? where they're walking through Diagon Alley and you can see all the witches and wizards like shopping and getting things it's a really pretty shot just because there's so much yeah. effort put into everything that you see on the screen Right. The only part of it I don't like is when they show you the outside of Gringotts and it's all like crooked and wobbly and it looks like Mickey's Yeah Toontown. I was about to say it's just like Toontown here we go <laughs> Um but yeah, I mean, like, this is the point. I'm trying to get a little bit better at articulating things that I like about yeah. movies, because I feel like I've been getting a little bit mean on this podcast lately. Um, and, like, th this is the thing that really sells this entire, like, series to people, is just how, like, how much attention to detail there is and how immediately immersed you mm -hmm. are in this world. Um, and that's all, you know, costume designers, production designers, directors, props. cinematographers, like everybody, props working together, like to create this like fully fleshed out and real feeling mm -hmm. world. I think that's incredible. I feel like we do lose that a little bit when we go to Hogwarts. And I think J.K. Rowling kind of realized that as well, because then we get like the Hogsbottom and the town that's outside Hogwarts. We can kind of have that right, jump yeah. back into the wizarding world because... The wizarding world is what's super cool and what people want to see. And in Hogwarts, there is a lot of that, but it's just like, it's not the same as Diagon Alley, where you just have wizards right. and witchcraft and magic, and it's crazy, and all this stuff is going around. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Uh, but I feel like Hogwarts also has its own incredible, brilliant yeah. it's set just, of, It's just you know, different. It's design. not bad. Yeah. It's just not the same. Um, right. Um, I was going to say, it is worth noting, though, that the Hogwarts production design has to be cool enough to last for eight movies worth of still being cool, which, I don't know. I can't speak to that because I haven't seen the movies in long enough, but once we get there, I think we can yeah. have a verdict <laughs> on whether or not we get sick of Hogwarts. Um, <laughs> the, let's see, what's my next bet? Oh, when he's shopping for wands, and he's every time he swings a wand, like something breaks, and then when he finds the right wand, it's like, like lights just like oh. wind machine like the most like boring lazy cliche yeah. like this is the right one it's like the hallelujah chorus <laughs> in the background well also 
first of all, this famous wizard wand shop, like a day before Hogwarts is open for school, is not packed full of kids, <laughs> first of all. Right, yeah. Second of all, is every kid who walks in here just like absolutely trashing this wand shop? <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think the implication is that Harry just it's has special. very powerful magic inside him already. Yeah. So that's why he's, like, fucking shit up in the store. I'm, the way I read it was, like, this doesn't typically happen, but Harry's very special. Well, it's, it's, I feel like it's the way that Ollivander reacts to it, and he's like, nope, not that one. Like, it seems very regular <laughs> to him. Right. And he, it could just be because he's, like, a million-year-old wizard or whatever, but, yeah, I just thought it was funny. Uh, right. There's also um, that line he... that Ollivander oh, yeah. has where he's like, Voldemort did terrible thing or great things. Terrible, but great. It's like that's just the equivalent of any time anyone has ever said that Hitler was the greatest leader of all time. It's like no. Ah. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's that weird because he what he. I mean, I don't know. You, I think you're just assigning too much meaning to the word great because it doesn't always have to have a positive. Like using great to mean good is sort of a colloquial. I mean, that's very true. Also. Word. But um, it's. It, especially when you're talking to Harry Potter and you're like, you're going to be just like Voldemort, but in a good way. Just seems weird. I don't know. That works okay. for me. So, I don't know. You can, you can have that take if you want. You can think Ollivander is a Voldemort sympathizer if okay, you want. Okay, cool. I don't think so. <laughs> um, I always laugh. Uh, so it, they get all his school supplies and he gets an owl and it takes like an hour it and a half. It takes so long. Um, and... <laughs> so then Harry and Hagrid are sitting down at a, a pub, I guess, afterwards. That Harry's allowed talking. inside of. It's Wizard World. There's no yeah. rules. <laughs> um, and Harry's like, who's this horrible dark wizard? And Hagrid's like, his name's, uh, it's, uh, it's, his name's, uh, uh, Voldemort. And you're like, okay. And Jesus. then Harry goes, Voldemort! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I don't know, I always laugh at it, but I guess if I was, like, in a cafe with a little kid and he was like, what's the N-word? And I had to be like, it's, <laughs> I, I guess it's, uh, well, I mean, uh, I would probably react about the same way. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so at that point, uh, there's some transition and we get to Hogwarts. Oh, no, the train. Uh, no, you missed yeah, a whole sorry. big thing. I didn't thing. take any notes on the train sequence because I was very bored, but that's what is next. Oh, I did. The train. Okay, well, first of all, Hagrid tells Harry that Voldemort, A, killed his parents, and B, didn't kill him. And that's how he get the whole boy who lived thing. And that shot, that shot's fine. The whole flashback sequence (laughs) is shot in that super glitchy, like, chugging along slow motion, where it's just a regular shot that wasn't supposed to be in slow motion, but then they put it in slow motion. And it just looks bad. And James isn't even in that scene for some right. reason. It's just Lily. Uh, but that's whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like it's one of those things... Uh, I always think about the Daredevil TV show when I think about sequences mm-hmm. like that. Because um, I always think, like, if you just make your dialogue good enough, you don't need to cut away like that. There's a lot of yeah. bits in the Daredevil TV show. This is a super weird comparison to make, I know, but it's just it's the it's the the heart of the idea cuz there's a whole lot of yeah. scenes in the confessional booth between Matt Murdock and his priest where the priest or Matt Murdock either of them are like telling long like long stories about things that happened, you know. 
and it's mm-hmm. just it's just them. It's just them in the in the booth, and you know it's shot well, but you know you're not cutting away to seeing what they're talking about. They're just talking mm-hmm. about it, and it's it's riveting because the script is great. Like the script makes you want to listen. You don't have to be shown things and distracted from the script in order to be engaged. You know? Yeah. Um, I think flashbacks are just incredibly hard to pull off. Right. And a lot of movies have a really bad habit of assuming that the viewer's going to forget things. I absolutely hate it in a movie where they have a flashback to a thing that happened in the movie. Like, that's my biggest pet peeve of all time. And Harry Potter is good because it doesn't do that. It's showing you something that you don't know. Right, and that's true. But it still just takes you completely out of the moment. Like, have Hagrid be telling a cool enough story that I don't need to see actually see (laughs) it to understand that this is a big deal. Um, So, yeah, anyway. He takes him to the train platform, and he's like... And he's like, I gotta bounce, I gotta get out <laughs> of here. He's like, he's kind of like Gandalf in The Hobbit, where it's just like, okay, I gotta go now, because that, that's just the way <laughs> it's gotta later. be, see ya. And he gives him a little card. Hope you don't go on an adventure. <laughs> yeah, he gives him a little card that says, go to platform, weird wizard platform. And he's like, I don't know how to get here, and Hagrid's like, see ya. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so he finds... I keep talking about the Harry Potter musicals, because they're such a good critique of yeah, the Harry no, Potter totally. movies. The- there's a joke in one of them where Harry goes up to the conductor and he's like, hey, do you know where platform nine and three quarters is? And the conductor immediately goes, you're the 500th <laughs> kid to ask me that today and I still have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and it's so true because Harry walks up to this guy and he's like, are you pulling a prank on me? And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I pulled the other one. And you're like, oh no. Um... Yeah. So then he encounters the Weasleys, who are a giant family of redheaded kids, um, and he hears the mom over loud, loudly yelling about muggles, which may or may not be a slur. Um, Again. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, muggles don't know about it, so I guess it's not really a slur if the people <laughs> it's oh, yeah. directed towards. Oh, no, towards. don't worry. It's a nonsense yeah. word. Um, anyway, um, they're like, okay, you just got to go through here, and it's best if you just run which is hilarious just fucking go for it dude you're 11 it's whatever Um, and so harry and ron make friends right there uh yeah no they don't i guess they make friends on the train he gets on the train and they make friends and there's these little booths and ron is like when harry buys all of the candy on the train he ruins the train trip for all the kids in front of him on the train by buying everything um (laughs) and like i'm just gonna say it like obviously harry's had a very hard life but to just a kid in the wizarding world who's just meeting Harry, like, Harry gets fucking everything handed to him on a silver platter in this movie. Oh, no, like, definitely. Once he goes to Hogwarts, Harry encounters virtually no hardship and just, like, lives life so much better and easier than everyone else around him. And, like... Oh, no, absolutely. And the movie tries to play that as a non-issue. Like, everyone who is bitter towards him is just, you know, doesn't understand the hard life he's lived. But, like, I I get it. <laughs> like, he's... Yeah. No, Draco's painted as the jerk for being a rich, spoiled kid. Right. But it's like, Harry, you got so much money. <laughs> um, And, oh, I also just want to say, uh, once they get to Hogwarts, they reveal that Neville Longbottom, the, like, mousy little nerd kid... His frog's name is Trevor, which is really great. I think that's the funniest frog name they could have possibly come up with. 
<laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so going back a little bit, I do really enjoy that scene on the train where it's just like two little kids with a bunch of candy. Yeah. It's like Harry's been abused his whole life, and Ron just comes from a really poor family. So them just like having fun and eating a whole yeah. bunch of candies, I think is a really nice. No, scene. it feels really really good when you're watching it. It feels like a character is mm-hmm. getting a real victory. Like yeah, even more so than him going to Hogwarts does in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why that is the way it is, but it is. <laughs> it's just it feels really good well, to watch them sitting there and making friends. Well, because Harry and Ron's relationship is like a real relationship that any real kid is gonna have, right. and I feel like Hogwarts is kind of removed. Like even for Harry, it's like this is just a thing that I'm doing. Even though it's a super cool thing, it's not like what I want out of life, kind of. Like, I want to have friends and be happy. Like, I don't... Being a wizard is super cool, but there's other things, too. And um, a little bit after that... uh, So we're we're in Hogwarts. We're leading up to the Sorting Hat Yeah, we're finally at fucking Hogwarts. Um, And we meet Malfoy, who's like, I think you'll find that I'm better than everyone else, and I love white people. And it's like, okay, wow, a little on the nose there, Malfoy. All <laughs> With right. the fact that you're, yeah. like, a big racist, but whatever, fine. That uh, seems really funny, <laughs> because he goes, I'm Draco Malfoy, and Ron laughs, and Draco's like, you think my name's weird? And it's like, uh, yeah. yeah it's a weird name. Your name's Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Who raised you? Um, and, then, and then Draco's like, what's your name? Probably something stupid. And it's like... No, it's Ron, a regular <laughs> human being name. It's not fucking Draco. <laughs> um, it's not Elrond the Accuser. It's not some stupid wizard name. So, um, oh, and I also want to point out that just like the Weasleys as an idea are really fun. Like this giant family of redheaded kids that have like a million siblings and they're always like, yeah. trying to live up to each other. It's just like a really creative like character setup that I think is really fun. Oh yeah, totally. And as much as I, you know, give JK Rowling a lot of shit, I think that like the characters of the Weasleys are super, super creative and original. Oh totally. Well and so just like how much being a Weasley affects Ron's character, I think is really cool yeah. too. Because you establish that this family doesn't have as much money as, well, basically, namely just Draco. But, and then you show how it affects how he makes friends. It affects what his decisions do. It affects how he, like, holds himself up and, like, compares himself to his brothers. I think this is in the second book, but there's a scene where Harry's, like, offering to buy things for Ron, and Ron's like, no, I hate being poor, but I don't want you to be doing things for me. And I think they do a really cool job just kind of putting Ron, like, in reality inside of the wizarding right. world, you know? No, yeah, and there's a lot of themes of, like, classism, and, you know, the racism stuff is kind of oh, on totally. the nose, but, like, the classism, I think, almost works a little bit better, because, mm-hmm. like, it just, because it, it's, I guess just because it's subtle, you know? I mean, except yeah. for when Draco Malfoy's is like, you'll find that some people are just better than others, and fuck Ron. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know, and it sort of permeates the whole thing, this idea that, like, some families are poor and just do their own thing and some families are like rich aristocrats for no particular reason um, yeah you know what now that I'm thinking about it we never really know why Malfoy's family is so rich I guess just because they're in no. league with Voldemort is the idea yeah I don't know I don't know what they do how, for a yeah, living how did they earn their fortune <laughs> I don't know what any of the wizard jobs are <laughs> other than Aurora's because that's what Harry wants to do la- right. later well but no like, uh, Ron's dad is a He's muggle studies. So what, yeah, he works. He does something at the Ministry of Magic. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I, oh wait, doesn't doesn't Lucius Malfoy work at the Ministry of Magic? Doesn't he have a position there? 
Yeah, he does something. I don't know. We'll get to it later. We're going to do all these movies, so we don't have to Maybe he's speculate. like a janitor or something. I don't remember. <laughs> we don't have to spend too much time speculating about what we think might happen <laughs> in the future movies, because we're going to watch them. Um. Okay, so all the kids get into the Great Hall, and they're going to be sorted into their houses, and it's whatever. But... So they get all the kids in, and then McGonagall pulls up the big list of names, and then the first one to get up is Hermione Granger. And what <laughs> system makes Hermione Granger the first kid to get try on the sorting right. hat? No, um, and it's... <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that clearly this ceremony takes fucking forever. Because there's like a hundred yeah, kids no, so there. Long. And she's like, Hermione Granger! And Hermione's like, ooh, oh, I'm so nervous. Uh, okay, here I come. And then he gets up there, and they put the hat on her head, and the hat's like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe oh. you could be this or that, but I don't. And it goes on for like a minute, and then he's finally yeah. like, Rippendall. What do you want to be? And it's like, okay. Oh man, that's really interesting. Here's what I think. And they have a little counseling session, yeah. and then he decides where they go. And then she sits back down, and it's like, all right, kid, one, out of 150 on the books. Let's keep going. Kid number two. <laughs> but, all of the main characters and also this one girl who we will never see again. Right. And, like, the... I don't know why they make the Sorting Hat feel so sinister in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a fun guy. <laughs> it's like... And especially when you've been told so explicitly that Slytherin is bad, and then Harry gets oh, up yeah. there and the Sorting Hat like is like almost this weird... It's like Jesus being tempted in the desert. He's like... Yeah. <laughs> he gets you... up there and the hat's like, you seem like a real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. You want to go in Slytherin? It's like, you could do wonderful and great things in Slytherin, you know. It's like almost a callback to what Ollivander was Terrible, saying. Terrible, yeah. but great. Exactly. And it's just like, don't you think you would be great there with all the racists? Hmm, white <laughs> supremacy is very interesting if you're in it, Harry. And Harry's like, no. Every single bad guy has been from Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? And it's just like, I don't know, they make him feel so weirdly evil, and I don't know why they chose to play him that way. Well, they also just straight up make Slytherin evil. I don't remember if it was any subtler in the books, but in the movies, they're just like, those are the bad guys, right. all of them, well, I 100%. <laughs> I think it's another one of those things that like comes from the whimsical fairy tale roots of this first story that they sort yeah. of try to backpedal on like the entire rest of the series. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're like, not all Slytherins are bad, yeah. even though we distinctly say yeah, exactly. that all Slytherin are bad. It's like, I don't mind the idea that like Slytherin is just another house and they're not totally evil, they just... You know, they they have a, a bad a bad rap, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're so so explicit about it in this first story. Oh yeah, and no, it would like be when so they go much into easier Quidditch. to buy if they didn't if they like if they, if they just didn't if it wasn't like that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> if they just didn't. <laughs> no, there's the scene when they're playing Quidditch against Slytherin and all of the Slytherin guys are like breaking the rules and killing yeah. everybody in Gryffindor. <laughs> And everyone is mad at them. Right. It's like, okay, I didn't know all of them were evil. <laughs> okay, um, can I tell you something, Emily? Yes. Uh, we are currently one hour into this podcast, so... <laughs> oh, God. We're like, 40 minutes into the movie, so we gotta, we gotta get rolling a little okay, bit here. Okay, this movie is like two and a half hours long Yeah, it's absurdly plus. long. It is so long. Okay. What I feel like... Oh, my God. Just to get this out of the way, is that I... They wanted to include so many little bits of the stories that were cool in the books and fit in the books. But right. when you're trying to tell a story in under two hours, hopefully, <laughs> you can, you just can't include some stuff. You just kind of have to give it up in order to have a movie that I want to actually sit right. through. And well, that's my... And like, oh, go ahead. 
No, I feel like this movie should have, like, this is the only movie that I feel like that should have had a director's cut. Like, cut this into a watchable movie. Right. And then if the diehards want more of the universe, then you give them the director's cut where they play, where they explain the rules of Quidditch to you. Yeah, yeah. No, um, and, like, my biggest beef with this whole movie, this movie bores me to tears. I think it's just so dull. Um, is that, like, it has no momentum or direction at all. Like, no. everything that happens in this movie are just, like, these weird little isolated incidents that don't have any, like, cause and effect relationship to each other. No. Like, the things that flow through it that work are, like, Harry and Ron making friends with Hermione slowly, and that works, and yeah. that feels good. That's, like, a progression as we go along. And then Absolutely. sort of unraveling the mystery of the Sorcerer's Stone, like, kind of one piece at a time. But for the yeah. most part, all the, like, individual events don't, like, build up to them figuring it out. They just... No. Like, most of them don't give you new pieces of information. And the ones that do, they don't find anything else out because of the new information they got. They just like, oh, Snape tried to kill me. Put that in the back pocket. Think about that later. <laughs> uh, Write that down. And just like... And they just go on with their regular lives. And now it's Christmas. Guess what? And you're like, this... God, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah, okay. So, jumping forward, they're going through all their classes, and we're introduced to, like, McGonagall and Snape, and how what life is like at Hogwarts, which is fine if it wasn't super boring. Yep. Uh, but there's a scene, I mean, Snape is, we're supposed to Snape, well, we're supposed to think that Snape is the villain, we're supposed to think that he's an asshole, and that's fine, whatever. But what really, <laughs> the way that they do it, the rest of the movie, kind of makes me go like, okay, all right, where he's like limping and he's like, what are you three doing here? <laughs> but there's that scene at the very beginning where we're introduced to him, and he's giving that speech about how great potions are, and he totally singles out Harry while right. Harry is taking notes. Yeah. Like, that was the moment where I was like, wow, Snape's an asshole, but like in such a realistic way. Yeah. Where he's like, like, Harry, you're not paying attention when he's, like, writing down notes. I think that was, like, such a good way to show what kind of asshole that Snape is. No, yeah, the only way that that scene makes sense to me is I have to assume there was, like, some summer reading he was supposed to have done. And that's where those questions came from. Because otherwise it's just, like, you're not a teacher. This would not... Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Um And, (laughs) I don't know, the way they set up Snape at the beginning, too, is so weird that he seems so, like contemptuous of magic he's like there will be no silly wand waving or goofy incantations in this class and you're like what the you're a wizard like everyone's (laughs) a wizard here why are you so angry about magic (laughs) Um, no goddamn wizards in my class (laughs) and yeah and of course you know the iconic line where he's like you better not be sneaking around here otherwise someone will think you're Up to something. <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ. Like, okay, Snape. And then he's like limping around and he's like shoving coral into walls. Yeah. It's you've got one you've got one really good piece of characterization for Snape, and then the rest of it is just he's this weird creepy asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um so, yeah, obviously, like, the teaching's horrible. It's the first day of class. Even in a regular school, if you're late to the first day of class, it's like, oh, haha, ha, you had to figure some stuff out. Sit down, please. Like, but clearly, this school is a fucking nightmare. And, like, they should should be more understanding when sometimes kids are late for class. I know. No, so... 
there's that scene. So we're basically going through all their classes. Not all of their classes, but we're establishing some of their classes and some of the teachers, like Snape and McGonagall and Haggard or whatever. But there's a scene where they're learning how to ride brooms, and that's when he gets picked for the Quidditch team. But it's so long, and it's so unnecessary. Yeah. Like, that whole scene where CGI Neville is flying around <laughs> into the so castle... Good takes like 10 whole minutes yeah it's so long just for him to get hurt and for the teacher to leave to take him to the infirmary or whatever like it's so long (laughs) it's so weird and this is and you know that is also the scene where we establish um harry's only defining trait as a character which is that he's very good at quidditch yes um and that he doesn't like malfoy (laughs) yeah like, uh, no, it's genetic because his dad liked <laughs> yeah, Quidditch. His dad That's was how super, interests work. His, <laughs> but he's just good at it naturally. He yeah. Hasn't, he, the first time he ever picks up a broom, they're just like, you're the youngest secret in century because you're just so fucking great at Quidditch, Harry. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's why you're so good at track, Jackson, because Dad was a track superstar. Yeah. <laughs> um, Am I right? Yeah, hey, here's a fun fact about me in middle school when I tried to run track. I fucking sucked at it. Oh, me um, too. I also tried <laughs> yeah. track and sucked at it. <laughs> and and just for a little bit of context into our lives, our dad was a track superstar in college, and he went to college on like track scholarships before he became a priest. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And neither of us do sports. Woo! Yep. No, um, the, uh, and yeah, so let's just go through some of the other things. Oh, okay. D- have you noticed that Harry does not perform a single spell in this whole movie? You are super right. He yeah, doesn't. He doesn't do jack shit, and he has no defining character traits besides just, like, looking around and being pitiful at the beginning. You're and right. Like, I was going to say he uses magic during that whole scene where he's fighting Voldemort, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't. just touches him. He doesn't use any magic. I don't think he ever has his wand out in that entire scene. Yeah, no. Harry doesn't have his wand out in the whole movie. Um, And the... Uh, I'm just trying to gather my thoughts because Harry's characterization in this movie makes me so mad because he's so fucking boring. Uh, like, I'm trying to think of a single instance where Harry does anything that is, like, unique to him as a character... I mean, when he stands up to Draco to get Neville's thing that he took. And that's kind Um, of something. Yeah, and that's also kind of it. Um... Yeah. Anyway, so let's yeah. let's look through. So we've got we've got all of his different classes. Let's go through some of the series of events that lead to them solving the mystery. Yeah. Um, they, they go to the lost. third floor. Yeah, they get lost and they see a giant three-headed dog that's guarding something. Um, and they all go ah and yep. run away. Um, <laughs> that's my. We totally skipped over it, but when they're sorting all the kids at the beginning of the year, and McGonagall's like, Dumbledore has some things to say. And you're like, oh, he's going to give like a rousing speech for the beginning of the year. And he literally just goes, the forest is evil, don't go there. <laughs> the third floor is evil, don't go there. And then he <laughs> sits down, and guess where we're going? Yeah. Um, okay, so they find the giant three-headed dog, and they say, ah, and they run away. Um, and they're like, it's guarding something. I wonder what it's guarding. Oh. Um, then on Halloween, uh, Quirrell ru- like races into the room and is like, there's a troll in the dungeon! And everyone's like, oh no. And they all no, run away. No, then everyone goes, ah. <laughs> yeah, again. they all go, ah. And they run away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they realize, oh, Hermione 
is in the bathroom, so she doesn't know. So they go to try to find Hermione, and surprise, the troll's there, and they fight the troll, and they beat the troll, and they kind of get in trouble, but not really. And um, what do we learn from that? Uh, uh, Snape gets hurt in the leg, and Harry thinks that's because of the three-headed dog. Right. Um, what I like yeah. about that troll scene is that Hermione is in the bathroom because she's crying because Ron was an asshole to her. And right, I think right. that's, that's just a part of that cool arc of them becoming friends with Hermione that I yeah. think is really good. And also, just in general, how is that troll not a meme yet? It's okay. The because CGI like, troll looks okay. It doesn't right. look great. It's just it's like, that perfect nostalgia window. Like, yeah. this is a piece of, like, pop culture iconography that the meme generation grew up with and is super familiar as kids. And it's also super fucking goofy and not funny. Yeah. Which is, like, peak meme potential. That is precisely <laughs> what gets turned into memes in this culture. And that's somehow this horrible is. troll... Yeah, that's what Shrek is. And somehow this troll has, like, skirted under the radar for this long. I don't know. I'm just saying it's only a matter of time before... <laughs> Some cyber criminal is using that as an avatar. Yeah. For soothsaying, freedom <laughs> speaking. Okay, but like, I hate how much weird CGI they use in this movie for students when they do things. <laughs> right. Because it looks so bad. They look like video game characters. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's just not good. It looks like, yeah, all the special effects look like they were rendered on a Nintendo GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> also, okay, a little bit later, after they defeat the troll, uh, they're hanging out and getting mail, because we don't have anything else to do in this movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Harry gets a package that's um, a broom wrapped in paper, and it lands on the table, and they're all like, oh man, I wonder what this is. And, and it's, yeah, it's oh, just it's like Harry broom. hasn't done anything to fucking earn that broom, he just gets handed it, because he's special. Well, McGonagall just bought it for him, it's whatever. Yeah. And it's just, like, that's the first of a couple of times in this movie where Harry just gets a helpful item for no reason, and he's just like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> An avocado. <laughs> thanks. Um, so, <laughs> so, what's next? Next is well, they next play is the Quidditch. Quidditch game. Yeah. Which is pretty okay. fun. It's pretty fun. Okay, two things. First of all... There's that whole terrible scene where Wood and Harry, and Wood is literally just explaining the rules of Quidditch to him. Right. And it's the most boring scene on the planet and didn't need to exist. Yep. It's like, if you just showed us the Quidditch game, we probably would have figured it out, because it's very simple. <laughs> right. It's yeah, just like it's... soccer plus another thing. Yeah, that's true. There would have been a much better show-not-tell way, yeah, way to do that. Yeah, you literally show us. Why are you telling us beforehand? <laughs> and, like, just as well, just as a general thing... I think Quidditch really works as an idea, as a game, um, except that the Switch is worth way too many points. Yeah, no, literally, I literally wrote that down. It's like the other team, okay, the only way that a team could win if the other team grabbed the snitch is if they got a goal 16 times and yeah. the other team got none. It's so out of whack. Yeah, no, if the, ga if the game was like the snitch is worth 50 points and then the yeah. game's over I'd be like this this works this is super good this is cool but 150 points is too many points but in the last book that happens because the Weasleys and right. Harry they go to like the championship Quidditch match no and that's they... Goblet of Fire oh is that Goblet of Fire any one of the yeah. later books but then that happens in the game where the team grabs it and loses and the other team wins. But it's like how the fuck right well and they play it off like that's a hugely 
like abnormal thing. Like that yeah. hasn't happened since 1955 or whatever. But that's the fuck. stupid. And it's like it's a bad yeah, game. It's a bad game if that. Like, I don't know. Never like, why, why are you even doing all this stuff? Anyway, whatever. Yeah, why whatever, aren't we whatever, just whatever. focusing on the snitch of literally whoever gets it wins? It's stupid. Right. It's a stupid game. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Quidditch match. Harry gets attacked by an unnamed assailant. But we uh, think it's Snape, so we set Snape on fire. Yeah. And Snape, a wizard, realizes that he's on fire, and so he does what any wizard would do and uh, steps <laughs> on the fire a whole bunch of times. <laughs> um... And so then... Why does nobody in this goddamn movie ever use magic for anything except <laughs> Hermione? Yeah, and Hermione is able to use magic to circumvent, like, any obstacles in her path, which presumably wouldn't be happening in a world of wizards. Like, what yeah. the fuck? I know I already said that, but still, that is just, We're like, beating a dead horse, but the horse deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that horse. God. Um... <laughs> Okay, and then you know how much money I bet on that horse before it died? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, A&V, Adeline, I'm trying to do a bit here. We need more bits of this podcast. Okay. Um, I bet a whole bunch horse. of money on a horse and it died. Fuck, fuck that horse. Fuck that horse. It ate my son. <laughs> okay, sure, fine. I'm trying to get it out of it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we're trying to beat, beat, beat something our son out of, out of the dead of horse. horse. Every once in a while, he coughs, he coughs up a hand, and we're just trying to get the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> trying to just piece him back together one at a time. <laughs> just kicking a dead horse in the stomach. <laughs> God, wow, that was a messed up bit. We should anyway. do a bit. <laughs> you asked for a bit, and I delivered. <laughs> um, okay, so the next thing that happens is Harry... Okay, so first of all, Harry's like, I'm going to go to the restricted section of the library. Oh, yeah. And then he gets an invisibility cloak, which is like, how are you planning on going in there if you didn't have the invisibility cloak first? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, he gets an invisibility cloak for Christmas and then decides he's going to do some research about some shit in the library to try for to unsolve like the mystery. a 30-minute chunk of the movie is spent with him going around in the restricted section and being all like... Oh, this area is spooky. Oh, no, there's Filch. Oh, no, there's Snape. Oh, hey, look, a mirror. And all of it is nothing. Yeah. And then Christmas is over, and we realize that Hermione had the book the whole time. So we didn't need... Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't even need... Any God of this. damn it. Yeah. It's bad in the movie. It's bad in the plot. Why are we doing it? Yeah, I didn't even realize, because in my head I was just like, and then they use the book and they find out about Nicholas Flamel. But then I realized that there's a whole line where Hermione is like, this is my personal book that I just happened to already be reading. Here's the answer. Yeah. It's like, why did not we just spend like 40 minutes in that dumb library then? Okay, but the, um, whole, okay, the only reason that they did that is because he doesn't get anything out of the library. What they do is that that's when Harry discovers the mirror that shows you what you want out of life. Right, right, right. But the only thing they use it to do is to tell you that Harry wishes his parents were dead. <laughs> and it's like, uh, yeah, I got that. You didn't yeah, need I to sure tell me that. Does. Yeah, I um, sure hope he does. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, Why did you have to make a whole see. plot point? Like, you had to make a magical item to tell me that Harry wishes his parents were dead. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, okay, you know what? Around here, I realized, you know what Harry Potter honestly feels like? He In this movie particularly, like, obviously they do better characterize the game as the story goes on. Oh, totally, yeah. 
but in this movie, he almost feels like a video game protagonist. Oh yeah, like where he's just supposed who's to be playing. Just like a, yeah, he's just like a hollow shell that you fill in with yourself as you're controlling him to do whatever you want him to do. And everything that he does is because some other character like told him to do that. Yeah, absolutely. and it almost feels like he has no agency himself. He just kind of wanders around and happens upon things. Um, yeah. And okay, so anyway, well, you can just say Mary Sue. It's fine. Yeah, no, totally. He's totally a Mary Sue in this movie. Um, the uh, so then we get to wait, uh, going they, going back just a little bit, and this right. is sorry, I'm just trying to move quick because we're way. I know long into there's this a lot to talk about though, but just like uh, trying to get more of our son out of this dead horse, but like <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is there even a restricted section in the library? Why is that yeah. even a thing? <laughs> like, what the... Here's all the books that you're not allowed to read that we keep inside of the fucking right. school anyway. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Why does that exist? Like, all this, like, eldritch dark magic. Yeah. It's, like, mind-altering There are children here. destroy you. Um... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like the idea that in Hogwarts there's this whole section of the library, like dedicated to, like, summoning Cthulhu. Yeah. Like, just horrible, awful dark magic. By the way, it's kind of a wasted opportunity that the only spells that are, like, totally off-limits in the Wizarding World are the one that kills people and the one that makes people hurt really bad. Yeah. It's just, like... I can think of a lot of worse spells that would be way scarier and yeah. more fun. Uh, like like the summoning one that, Cthulhu, for instance. Uh, yeah, like the one that summons Cthulhu. <laughs> hey, Harry, don't do that. Okay, what if... I don't remember which book this is, where he gets that book that used to be Snape, so that's all the dark spells in it. Right. And it just like goes to the back and just like accidentally summons Cthulhu. How great would that be? <laughs> well, yeah, and there's one spell in there that's like, hey, this one causes people to just like get horrible cuts all over their body and bleed out. And I'm like... What the fuck? That's yeah. so messed up. Like, Holy shit. It's like, Snape, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? Uh, Snape's anyway. like 12, and he's like, I'm going to cut all you motherfuckers. <laughs> it's like, you haven't seen Jessica Jones. It's like this scene in Jessica Jones where the purple man tells that woman to be like, cut her 1,000 times. And it's like the scariest, most fucked up scene in that entire show. That sounds and Harry Potter, up. Yeah, and Harry Potter uses that as just like, Haha, ha, that's messed up, isn't it? Snape made that up. Like, <laughs> Snape did that. What? Snape made um, the decision. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, we can't keep talking about the sixth movie because we're already an hour and a half into this I know! This movie, God. Okay. Um, okay, Harry and friends go to Hagrid's house. Hagrid has a little dragon. Uh, they get in Malfoy, trouble. Malfoy sees them with the little dragon, tells on them, and it's like, you guys are all in trouble because Malfoy, you were out to see them. And snitch on them, and snitches get stitches, so you're in trouble also. Also, here's a spell that cuts your body all up. I hope you die. (laughs) Um, Then he bleeds out on the ground. (laughs) Uh, So we end up with Hagrid. It's just funny to me that, like, they're hanging out with Hagrid, and they get in trouble for it, so their punishment is they have to hang out with Hagrid. Yeah, in the restricted area (laughs) at night, again, another time. Um, So... They go into the forest to try to... I don't remember what they're actually trying to do. Uh, they found a hurt unicorn, so they're trying to find that hurt unicorn. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So, yeah, Franklin, and they if do you that. start barking, you're going to be in big trouble. <laughs> Franklin. Frank, <laughs> Franklin is our dog. Cut this out. <laughs> Franklin, come here. Stop barking at the neighbors. Okay, good boy. Okay, continue. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, they do. They find the guy that's been drinking unicorn blood, who's obviously very evil. Yep. Like, because, duh. Um, but, I don't know. It's just one of those things that's like, everything's very dangerous in this wizarding world, and we're all super cool with putting kids in danger all the time. And that's just yeah. kind of a given, and I'm not going to keep trying to get my son out of this horse, because he's <laughs> long gone. Um, because I already got half his arm, and there's no more coming out of its mouth. I can, yeah, anyway. Okay, but um, I love how the centaurs uh, don't do anything until they kill that mean pink lady. Right, and yeah, the centaur uh, looks horrible. Oh, the worst, in this so movie. bad. He looks like a dog. It just, it's the worst. <laughs> wait, doesn't he um, become, so yeah. wait, hold on, doesn't he become a teacher at some point? Is that a thing that happens? Um, I don't think so. It doesn't in the movie. I feel like it does in the book. He comes back. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he comes back later. In yeah, he does capacities. something. But he doesn't become a teacher, I don't think. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, the person who's drinking unicorn's blood is presumably Voldemort. Oh, no. Because he's trying to come back to life. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, man, that was Voldemort. We saw him. It's, there this he is, is. Shit's for real now. And um, then Hermione says out loud, we're safe as long as Dumbledore doesn't leave. Which is the same thing they right. say in Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> where they go, we're safe as long as the raptors don't figure out how to open doors. <laughs> so guess what the fuck happens? <laughs> right. Okay, so, um, but then there's this moment that I think, it's not necessarily the best scene in the movie, but it's like a little piece of screenwriting that I think is really, really good and really effective, or really um, economical, I should say, mm-hmm. where they're talking to Hagrid afterwards and they're like, Hagrid, uh, where did you get that dragon? And he's like, oh, I got it off a stranger at the pub. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what did you tell him before he gave it to you? It was like, well, I was just talking about Fluffy and how, you know, tra- training animals like that isn't really that hard. You just got to figure out how to put him to sleep. I put mine to sleep like this. Um, and it, like, tells you two things. First of all, it tells you that the enemy now knows how to get in. Yeah. And it also tells Harry and Ron and Hermione how to get in at the same time, with the same, like, line of dialogue, almost. Yeah. Like, I just think, I don't know, I really appreciated that sequence. Just yeah, in, it's really cool. Just from a writing standpoint, it really works. Okay, this movie's weird. I feel like this movie has great production design, has great, has a pretty good script. Not all the time, but has a pretty decent yeah. script. But there's just, like, no directorial style, like, at all. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the most, like, basic, just, like, cut and dried, this is a film. This, yeah. This, no, it's and... a movie. We did it. We made a movie. <laughs> yeah. The director of this is uh, Chris Columbus. Yeah. Who... Home Alone? Uh, is... Yeah. He directed Home Alone and a whole bunch of other bad movies. Yep. Did you know that he directed Pixels? I did know that because I looked on it on the TV and it tells me what the director oh, really? also did. <laughs> I had no idea that that was a Chris Columbus joint yeah. and it frankly um, terrifies yeah, me. Yeah, why was that one of those? <laughs> why was he in charge of that? Yeah, I feel like Christopher Columbus is mostly... Um, Boring? Uh, sorry. Well, I mean, I think he's most—he's more talented as a producer than he is as a, as a director. Um because, like, obviously Home Alone is good. I haven't seen it. I don't care about it. But obviously it's, like, a cultural <laughs> People landmark. say Home Alone is good, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know. I feel like all of his movies are just... Oh, and he did fucking Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, Oh, too. that good movie! Yeah. But, like, all of his movies are just, like... Boring. Boring. Yeah. And, like, sometimes if the story and script are good enough, they can turn out pretty well. 
but like just in general, they're not like exciting or like anything new no. in like a cinematic sense. Mrs. Doubtfire is him. Mm. Rent is him. Mm. Bicentennial Man. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. Here's the biggest bombshell in the universe. Guess what his next project is? What? Uh, think Pixels. Try to guess. Wrecker Ralph. No. Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> that is not a joke. <laughs> He is writing and directing a Five Nights at no! Freddy's movie that's currently slated for release this year. Wait. I don't think it's far enough into production okay, for it to actually come out okay. this year. Okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> I don't, okay. If you're, okay. <laughs> okay, if you're making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, that's fine. That's whatever. But you're going to make a boring Five Nights at Freddy's movie? <laughs> you're going to make gonna a hire the world's one? most boring filmmaker? But the guy who made the boring Harry Potter movie, you're not going to do anything <laughs> creative with it? You're just going to have Christopher Columbus make it? God, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for this movie. <laughs> what the fuck? It's going to be wonderful. Like, not even, like, a horror movie director. Not even someone who would have something cool and creative to do. Just this... What? Yeah. Why? Okay, okay. Here's what I think, Adeline. Who do you think would be the best choice for a Five Nights at Freddy's movie? I don't know anyone other than him. I think Guillermo del Toro doing a Five Nights at Freddy's movie could be interesting. That would be dope as hell. Uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro probably would probably do the best job. What about, like... Oh, I want to see Jordan Peele Lars- do it. Oh, fuck. That would be so tight. Oh, that would be the tightest shit in the world. I'm really excited about his uh, Twilight Zone series that's coming oh, out, yeah, that'd be, Oh, yeah. Let Jordan Peele direct a Five Nights at Freddy's movie. <laughs> what are y'all doing? God. That would, uh, I don't think that would be nearly as fun as it is in my mind. <laughs> and obviously he would never do no, that. No, absolutely <laughs> like, not. Still. But could you just um, imagine? <laughs> it's so fun to think about, though. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about Harry Potter? Uh, okay, you want to know what actually happened in real life? So they go through what? the whole... They're, okay, they get through the door, they get to the devil's snare, they get to the stupid chest thing. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, just, like, backpedal. If we're trying to explain, we, we skipped over some stuff. I don't they care. Decide... I literally <laughs> fast-forwarded through the part where he talks to Voldemort. Because I didn't give a shit, and nothing happens in that entire scene. <laughs> Okay, so they um, they dis- they realize that the bad guy who they think is Snape can get in and get the Sorcerer's Stone that they've deduced is in the lobby. So they're like, we've got to go now. So they go on all these different trials. Um, first of which is there's these plants to try to kill him, and Hermione uses her book smarts to be like, we can get out of this by not moving and hitting it with something. Um, without using magic. Yeah. Um, and the next room is a big chess game. Or no, sorry. Uh, the next room is the one where Harry Potter, the protagonist of the film, gets to showcase his unearned skill um, mm-hmm. by just being good at Quidditch again by chasing down a flying key to unlock the next door. Uh, again, not using magic. And the magic. third one... Yeah. And <laughs> the third one is Ron making, like, the most... And, like, the fact that Ron is good at chess... The next room is a big chess board where they have to play chess <laughs> with where the... Aren't you glad that we established wizard chest earlier in the movie so that Ron can fucking die? (laughs) 
Right. Okay, to be honest, though, I really like the character touch of Ron being really good at chess. I do like that, too. Because I think, yeah, and I think especially in terms of a character who's grown up with a million brothers who's hugely competitive all the time, something like chess is something he's probably played a lot and has... Decided to be good at. really competitive at with his brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the fact that he's good at chess works, and I think the setup and payoff works... Um, except that, like, Ron is so much more valiant and so much more heroic and so much more interesting than Harry. in doing this trial than Harry, the fucking milquetoast protagonist of this bad Just movie. Just the whole movie. Yeah. And <laughs> the only thing that's cool about this And scene... then before Harry moves on, Hermione has to be like, you're the best wizard of them all. You haven't used magic this <laughs> you whole You haven't fucking done movie. fucking shit, Harry. God. <laughs> Okay, the only okay, cool, the night scene. The two things that are cool is that the night that attacks Ron is super cool and spooky. That's fun. Yes. Uh, Ron's character development and payoff is really really cool. Everything else is sucks and boring and it takes forever and I don't care. Yeah, no. Uh, and then yeah, everything in this movie is like three times longer than yeah. it needs to okay, be. Okay, and then Harry walks down some stairs and he finds Quirrell in front of the mirror that's moved because whatever. Uh, and then, uh, Quirrell takes off his turban, and Voldemort's like, Hey, I'm Voldemort, uh, do you want to work for me? And Harry's like, No! And Voldemort's like, Well, if we use the Sorcerer's Stone, we could be, we could bring your parents back. And Harry's like, No! And he's like, Are you sure? It's super cool. And Harry's like, No! Uh, and then Harry touches Voldemort, and he disintegrates, and then Harry passes out, and he wakes up in the hospital, and then the movie's over. Okay, hold on. You're missing a very important detail here. (laughs) Which is, um, Harry acquires the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh my god. By looking into the mirror of Irised uh-huh. and seeing himself in the mirror put the stone in his pocket, mm-hmm. and then it's really in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Let's rewind to about an hour ago when we were talking to Dumbledore about the mirror of Irised, mm-hmm. and he's fucking super explicit about the fact that, it's like, the mirror does not reflect reality. This does not show the past, it does not show the present, it does not show the future, nothing in this mirror is indicative of any person's living or dead, and any... Okay. Co- what's, the, what's the phrase they put at the end of movies? I don't remember. <laughs> Just the joke I'm trying okay, to make. Okay, but no, it's... And okay, like, it's really stupid, but it's not as stupid as you're making it be because it's not the mirror that gives him the sorcerer's stone the mirror just tells you that harry really wants the sorcerer's stone later when he's in the hospital dumbledore uh blasts him with exposition in the middle of the hospital uh and he goes the sorcerer's stone will only appear to those who want it but will not use it because fuck you so, so you're saying that it just appeared in his pocket just by coincidence? Yes, literally. Okay, the yeah, movie no, sits better. you down and tells you that. <laughs> Dumbledore's like, it just happened. Who gives a shit? Nicholas Flamel right. is gonna die now, but we don't care. Yeah, and the whole like Harry is like this embodiment, this like totem of pure love. So when he touches Professor Quirrell, who is inhabited by Voldemort, who's like this ultimate evil. He can't stand to be touched by him, and he disintegrates. Yeah. Um, which, is, I guess, is fine. Like, it's not the my favorite thing in the world, but like, it's whatever. It's the Kingdom Hearts I kind of wish solution. There was, yeah, I kind of wish there was a little bit more of a setup. Yeah. Like, maybe... Maybe when Harry goes into the Dark Forest, he sees some, like, horrible beast that he does the same thing to that would, that would be, dumb. be dumb don't do that well i, I feel like we need um, to if harry was more loving in general then i would totally get that 
Yeah, and, like, he does that a little kinda. bit with Neville, but he's also still a dick to Hermione in the beginning. So, like, I don't know. I just need Carrie right. to have more of a character. And it's just, like... And it's just another one of those things that is, like, a character trait of his that doesn't have anything to do with his actions. It's just stuff that was given to him. Yeah. You know, he's not a totem of pure love because of anything he did. He is because her, his mom sacrificed herself. his mom got fridge. And it's, like... Yeah. Like... Th- I'm, hold on. <laughs> yes, you're using yes, that right. Yes, I that am. That's correct. Um, <laughs> I fucking know I am Jackson. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking it through, just making sure. Um, the <laughs> Sorry, I guess that's all been off podcast. Adeline has a has a habit of using the word fridged in okay, no, circumstances hold on. where it doesn't apply. Fridged but. means when a female character is killed solely so that a male character can feel sad about it and progress from it. And I know that's right. what it means, but I use it sometimes just when a character, any character, dies so that another character can have character development. But Jackson fucking hates that, so I continue to do it anyway. <laughs> I don't hate it, I just think words have meanings, <laughs> and you sound like a dumbass when you use words wrong, without any hint of it being a joke, Adeline. <laughs> okay. I just um, think that words yeah. have meanings. And if we all ignore that, then we're just a bunch of gorillas walking around. <laughs> Adeline, words mean things, okay? <laughs> Don't argue with me. Um, okay. Yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is that Harry Potter doesn't doesn't have... Like, the story is not based on Harry's actions. No. They're based on, like, the objects that he happens to be in possession of. Uh, and... That's sort of a plot point that I, or that's sort of a critique that I ripped off from Lindsay Ellis's videos about Transformers, yeah. but it also applies to this. Um, also, and, we have Harry Potter to thank yeah. for gross jelly beans, by the way. That's <laughs> right, yeah. 100% their fault. Dumbledore eats an earwax one. It's very funny because he's so smart, <laughs> but even he is susceptible to. to okay, earwax. and then so Harry gets out of the hospital, whatever. And then they're doing the end of the year point who won thing, and Slytherin won this year, and everyone's upset about it because they're the villains. And then Dumbledore is yeah. like, they're all assholes, so uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, you get points enough to tie. But <laughs> Neville, you did that one thing that one time, so you get ten points, and then Gryffindor wins, and everyone's happy because fuck Slytherin. Yeah. This is maybe the deadest dead horse in the yeah. world, because this is like... The joke that everybody makes about yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, it's just a fucking skeleton like, horse at this time. It's got the yeah, headless horseman I, on its, its back. It's that dead. It's an undead yeah. horse. Um, yes. Okay, yeah, we can okay, move on from cool. it. Because it's the deadest dead horse yeah. in the world. Uh, so now yeah, it's the end so, of the movie, and the movie ends. Yeah. And then in the post credit sequence, um, Hermione... Reveals uh, an infinity stone inside of one of her books that she had the whole time. <laughs> you know what? That that's kind of what Horcruxes are. Shut the this. fuck up! <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I just mean that objects that don't previously have relevance become relevant oh, yeah. when J.K. Rowling decides that they have to be Horcruxes. Oh yeah, sure. And that, okay, yeah, yes, Whatever. you're right. We'll get to that later. Um, okay, yeah, let's wrap up. Any final thoughts? This Okay, the, the way that this movie functions is that it wants to tell all of the little stories that are told in the book. 
And in the book, they work and they're fine. But in a movie, when you only have so much time to tell a story and you're trying to tell it in the most like creative and like straightforward way as possible, it just doesn't work. It's so long. It's so boring. It doesn't、yeah. do anything fun or creative with magic or the wizardy world. It just kind of <laughs> yeah. There's almost it's boring. It's so like weirdly unimaginative. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like they set up the imaginative stuff and then they just like ignore it and go to the boring stuff inside of. That imaginative stuff. It's like、right. it's like going on a vacation to Disneyland and just like going to the bank at Disneyland. It's like I don't want to <laughs> fucking go to the bank. I want to go to Disneyland. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much my biggest beef. It's just totally directionless and it has no momentum and it's two and a half hours long and it's yeah, boring it's、like、and shit.、So、um. Do we want to just skip our secondary、yeah. thing? We're already at like an hour. This is、minutes. so long. We could just. We could just save it、yeah. for next time. <laughs> Sorry, viewers at home. If you、um, wanted to know our opinions about something small, too bad. <laughs> um. Yeah. We'll just sit on whichever one、yeah. we had planned. Harry Potter's too、one. big to share the spotlight. <laughs> okay, we can't make a precedent of having episodes. I know. No,、small. it's just Harry Potter's fault. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, the next one, once we've gotten all of our big picture stuff、yeah. out of the way, the next few Harry Potter episodes we do won't be quite so. Yeah, where we're trying to talk about all the problems in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> <laughs>、um, okay, so、uh, hey, Adeline, would you like to hear a review? I'm just pretending because I don't have Great. it. Great, I would love to. The one that you have prepared. Yes,、um, maybe I should do a one star review. For Probably this one. yes. Well, because we know what the five star reviews are. Right. Harry Potter changed my life. My son doesn't have rickets anymore. My house stopped burning down. I learned the magic of true love and how Harry Potter is、uh, is my husband now. Five stars. My name is、uh, Tiffany White Girl. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Anline, do you want to hear?、Uh, I'm gonna do a one star review of this movie. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I、so、sure would is, like to. This is from Letterbox user nine forty one. It's just spelled out as one word.、Um, um, he says, "Okay." He says, "This is ridiculous. There's no way that kid can just do that with a fucking twig. A fucking twig. He can't do that. Nobody can. You can't just fucking run through bricks. It's bullshit. Impossible plot that's fucking filled with holes. There's no way this happened." <laughs> Ah、uh, yes, the documentary, <laughs> Harry Potter. I <laughs> like how you went a twig, a fucking twig, a twig. <laughs> It's just okay. My name is Jackson McMurray. <laughs> My name is Alan McMurray. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. And Harry Potter's taking over our lives, <laughs> minute by minute, just stealing time out of our lives. Impossible plot that's fucking filled with holes. There's no way this happened. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? Who the hell is Dumbledore? <laughs> I looked it up. Dumbledore, not a real person. Not a real person. Just for this story. Can you believe it? <laughs>